0: Welcome to SCGA, Off the Huzzle, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. The Palmetto Shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel, promotional, and marketing needs, offering full-service embroidery and screen printing for business, athletic teams, and personal needs, along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked Palmetto Tree and Moon. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058.
1: Hey, and welcome back to another episode of SCGA Off the Housel, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. I'm Alan Knight, joined by Biff Lather. Biff, what's going on,
0: man? Alan, the tournament train is rolling right now, baby. We're full <laughs> steam ahead. It's it, going strong here at the SCGA offices. That time of the year, my man. It is that time of the year. The uh, the temperatures right. The golf courses Ooh. are good. Yep. Um we've we've been on a roll here, but you know that's that's what we do this time of year. So that's that's how we roll. Our our, our staff's very used to it, and. Um, We've been, we've been getting on it. You know, we uh, just started off last week from the last time we were together for the podcast was uh, the SCJ Junior Championship we did out yep. at Forest Lake. Um, yeah, great championship. And I know you were out there with us helping us a little bit with some of our stuff. I, I, I don't know about you, but in 25 years, I've never seen anything like what we saw at Forest Lake with the with the membership support and everything they did for that golf tournament. It was incredible. They, ra- they raised over $50,000 for that tournament for the Junior Championship. That's big, man. It was incredible. They had – tents and hydration stations and yeah um, it, was, it just made it really really neat for the kids it was an experience for the kids that they have probably never had before
1: yeah i'll guarantee you there's a handful of them that have not experienced something on that level the parents i'm telling you the things like that the parents love it too that nice sitting area yeah yeah. Relax. It's not
0: often you get it. I mean, we've seen tents, right? This, right? this thing was fifty by sixty foot, and they, they brought in rental furniture and put it right there behind eighteen green with that amphitheater, and they had a fan going through there. Yeah. Did you see that fan? Did you see I how did. big it was? You know, you know the official name of that fan? Big ass fan. Is it? It is, and it is. Oh wow! That's the official label underneath the switch to That's
1: turn it on funny. And off. <laughs> That's accurate. So I was thinking about that tent. I was trying to describe it to my wife. And that, we did a wedding in Florida that was basically under a tent that size. Yeah, I mean that was a huge tent.
0: It was. It, it fit the. If you've ever been to Forest Lake before, it, it fit the, the the whole area between the clubhouse and 18th green. It just made for a central staging area because that you know the, the facilities are a little bit spread out there with the clubhouse and the golf shop and everywhere yeah. and moving around. So it worked great for those three days. We got fortunate with the weather. Um, we had a, a wonderful ending with the. The 18th at Forest Lake is a par three. Uh, I think it was 178 yards. We were playing it. Um, with the tent out there in the amphitheater setting, we probably had 100, 125 people back there behind the green. And during if we didn't get back to the very last hole, and we had a the, uh, Luke Sullivan, who's a member there, or his parents are a member there at Forest yep. Lake, he birdied 17 to get into a tie right. with Rowan Sullivan, not brothers, yep, not related. Nope. Um, And so there we are on 18 with two players tied for the lead at two under par for after three days. And Luke hit a great shot on the green, had a good chance for Birdie, just couldn't quite get in there. But Rowan stepped up right behind him with everybody watching and all the pressure of this tournament and almost made it twice. I know. It it, it it almost went in on the fly, and then it went almost straight up in the air and bounced and almost rolled over the lip into the hole to finish about a foot and a half.
1: I've never seen, other than Jonathan Bird that time, he made a hole-in-one. Yeah. Somebody stamp the ending of a tournament like that.
0: It was absolutely incredible for that young man. 17 years old, I believe. Uh yeah. He's a very, very polite young man. Uh, did some interviews with you, I think, afterwards. Yeah. Did a good job. I don't know if anybody heard the podcast that Alan did with him earlier, and he's yeah. he just really good guy.
1: He is a good kid. In fact, Bennett Jordan text me uh, talking about that interview and how just mature that young man is yeah.
0: and, and and for those that did, don't know it, 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 it he he also received a two-shot penalty on number four that day in the final yeah. round for for
1: we go over that on that podcast you need to listen to it need you need to listen
0: haven't. to it if you haven't listened to it you need to go hear it. it's it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty interesting you did a good job with but it. but the
1: one thing i didn't i didn't ask him if he received yet he told me in this post-round interview at forest lake when he won that the legendary Frank Ford was going to buy him a steak dinner at Hall, wherever you want to go. He said Halls, obviously. Yeah, uh, that's pretty special.
0: Man. I, 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 you know, Country Club of Charleston member. Um, I've already talked to Hart Brown. They want to get the trophy down there and have it in their trophy case for the year that oh, he's nice. at it. So that's the heavy one, the, the big one, yeah. yeah, the good one. And, and they're, they're excited though. I mean, and, that, and that's kind of cool. I mean, that's what you, you know. That's what we want, and our yep. member clubs supporting their juniors as such. That's great, man. It was really good and. You know, we got done with that, and our junior crowd turned right around. We had a, we had the Grant Bennett qualifier at Darlington Country Club uh, on Friday, uh, had 45 kids. We took a total of nine kids, made it for the Grant Bennett Junior Invitational the next week.
1: Good way, instead of just turning everybody away.
0: Well, that's what we're trying to do. We've, we've got so much interest in these golf tournaments, both SCGA and JGA events, that we're trying to do more qualifiers, and and this is a way to play your way in, instead of just getting yep. flat out told no. So, yep. um, had a good day there. I mean, went right from there our our, our SCGA staff went to Santee at Lake Marion and we did the lefty righty championship that that weekend. It's always a good one. That's always a fun yeah. one. Lake Marion's good to us. They you know they give it, they give us a golf course. They let us shotgun on a Saturday and Sunday weekend day um and you know, we 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 are very privileged to be able to go there and be able to do that because there's not many facilities that let you do that on a Saturday Sunday.
1: No, and they have that new Putting monstrosity. It's I don't huge, remember the name uh, of it. Big big putting green. Yeah. Like the fan. Uh, <laughs> Big-ass putting green. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll
1: give them a little plug real quick. I just happen to be solid on the internet somewhere. But you can get, for $139, two rounds of golf and accommodations overnight at Lake Marion.
0: It, it, I just they, happen to know that, and they treat you right. They feed you breakfast. Oh, I yeah. think they do a barbecue dinner for you. I mean, it, it's listen. If you got a guys' trip and you kind of got a budgeted guys' trip, that yep. is the place to go. It is. It really is. It um, is. Mom, but we had a good two days there. Uh, Brent and Barry Roof, the Roof brothers,
1: good for the Roof brothers. Took
0: the lefty righty championship with a score of 65-65. They won by three shots. And in the senior division, Steve Horton and Rich Weston, nice 64-67. They won by three shots in the senior division. So the lefty righty was fun and uh you know we also continuously with that event we do the left-handers championship
1: right so they have to hole out every hole
0: the left-handers have to play every yeah. hole the righties get to watch if they yeah. if they're out of the hole um, but wouldn't you know Brent Roof got him another title 72-69 141 uh two-shot win over 15-time winner Stan Sill
1: wow yeah so yeah i was just thinking Robert Dargan, Brent Roof, Standstill, and maybe Brian Lee. Yeah. And I'm not trying to diss any of the left-handers. There's a lot of good There's ones. There's a lot
0: of good ones. There's a lot more good ones but today. But just
1: that play in this and they consistently compete for this title.
0: And, you know, it's things like uh, I, I sent Brent a congratulations after he won the championship. And I said, man, that was great. You and Barry winning the golf tournament. You know, that's awesome. And congratulations on your win. And he goes, well – he was, I had a good partner. Barry did all the work. I said, Brent, you won the left-handers, <laughs> too, also. So, Right. Um, and then the seniors, wouldn't you know, Rich Weston, who's team also won the lefty-righty. Rich yeah. Weston won by uh, five shots with a 71-73, 144 score. Rich is, Rich is that left-hander. I don't know if you've seen him. He plays a yellow golf ball, and he hits it so daggum far. It is incredible.
1: I'd probably recognize by if You'd
0: him. He won our senior championship at the Patriots okay. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Rain, rain shortened, but he he, he did yeah. take the title. So, Yeah. Um, so while that was going on, we had our junior crowd back at Florence Country Club setting up, getting ready for the Grant Bennett Junior invitation, which was a three-day event. New three-day event. New yeah. three-day event. We're making that move with a lot of our, our junior championships trying to go to three-day events now. And yeah. With a uh, cut. With a cut. And it was, a as usual, a, a great three days at Florence Country Club. Steve Bear and his staff do such a good job for us in the golf course. And Drew Clark, the superintendent there, yeah. man, he just had that thing pristine, um, on point. And uh, Walker Jennings from Greenville, South Carolina, t- took a three-shot victory over Rowan Sullivan, yeah. our junior champion. Um, uh, Walker shot 67-69-69 for a 205 total. So good for him. pretty impressive. And, good, and good kid. Another good finish for, for Rowan, too, that week. He's he's on fire. So yeah. And while that was going on on the Monday and on the end of that championship, the Wednesday, we had we started our AM qualifiers. Okay. We had our first AM qualifier at Cousaw Creek. We had 99 players. Uh We ended up with 25 qualifiers. It took a score of 75 or better to get in. Yeah. And Brandon Hyatt and Danny Azaleon shot 68 each. Danny Azaleon, good. So uh, to take the medalist honors, Virginia Tech player. That's right. So then that that was on month. Didn't he win our junior championship? He did. He at at Daltall maybe. I can't remember. I can't remember. I know he's a champion. Yeah. Um, and then on Wednesday of that week, we had our second qualifier at Woodfin Ridge. Get this, AK. We had 90 players. Yeah, we ended up with 21 qualifiers because you know we take ties. Yeah, if I would have to told you you had to stand up on the first tee at Woodfin Ridge at 21, then and no, and no, you're trying to qualify. You got to shoot even par to get into the golf tournament. Wow. That's what it took to get into the I would have turned around. I would have just <laughs> saved my four hours and gone somewhere else.
1: 75 at Cusall would have been really <laughs> spectacular for me, too. But.
0: I remember trying my first one at Cobbs Glen, and I shot 78, and I missed about one. Really? Uh, so this 72 here that they had to do up at Woodfin, oh, yeah. that's pretty incredible. The good players. They are. They're really good. Who was good. a medalist there? Uh, we had Garrett Cooper, Connor Fahey, yeah. and Hunter Parks. All shot four under par 68. F- Hunter is a little bit older than those other two, but the other two are junior golfers of my era yep yeah and you know Woodfin's a good place up there john combs is still a pro up there he's a good guy i don't think i've ever been there man it it is it's a good golf course the phillips boys live right around right right, i know i've never been there yep so it's a good golf course yeah um that had been good to
1: us it produced the Bridgman and the phillips boys a lot of good players yeah jacob
0: if i think if you can get around there you've done pretty good so it's uh it's pretty good so yeah so that's that's what we've done just in the last two weeks um yeah. And then coming up, just to kind of a, a brief over, overview of, of July, we, we've got two more AM qualifiers coming up next week after the 4th of July. Um, Where are they? We're going to be at Oak Hills and at the Country Club of South Carolina in Florence. Nice. And then we also have the 6th and 7th, those same dates. we got the Upstate Junior Classic yeah. up in Smithfields. Yeah. Oh, good. My boy Chuck Conley. That's right. We get them involved. They, we, You know, we took over that. We're probably one of the few junior associations that not only – ran their full schedule last year during COVID, we added two events with the, <laughs> with the orange jacket and the upstate junior classic. Right. Um, and then adding a third one, another one this year. So we keep growing the Jackie Sewell. Uh, oh yeah. Championship. Yep. Nice. Which apropos was supposed to be in celebration of Jackie. And it still will be in celebration of Jackie, yeah. but unfortunately we lost Mr. Sewell a couple weeks ago Yeah, and, uh, a good, good family and, and excited to be a part of something under his name, especially at Cobb's win. Uh, cause that's kind of where he, he, if you don't mind,
1: yep. Since tell tell our listeners because I know I've heard it
0: about when you would stay up there with them. So you know when I was traveling with Dad, Gatorade boy and whatever else he forced me into child labor, you right. know. Um, one of the qualifiers we had that we we did a couple of state ends at Cobbs Glen, but I think it was a qualifier this particular time, and I went up there to help Dad. And by the time we were done with the event, all said and done, they had taken me to Kmart. Yeah, bought me two weeks of clothes. And left me at Jackie Sewell's. Right. And so I lived with Mr. Sewell and David Sewell. David Sewell and I were the same age. So I lived with them for about three weeks. Yeah. I worked at the club, picked balls, ate dinner with them. Right. And Jackie kind of worked with my golf game and sent me around with his little junior crew that he would take around to all these little junior golf tournaments. And we played all kinds of places. I'd get in the van with the rest of them. And before you know it, I was was one of those Anderson boys. (laughs) And And then when Jackie went to Aiken. The yeah. I, I became one of those aching boys because I'd go down there and spend my time with them.
1: You know, the last time I saw Hap hit a golf ball, he was getting a lesson from Jackie at Hounds Lake. Well, I don't know what tournament we were running, but right. was, real quick, Hap, Jackie's like, "Come on, Hap, let's go on up here." And Hap didn't want to, but he did.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, they Jackie was Jackie's going to be up in that legend of, of Grant Bennett as yeah. far as people he's affected in the golf oh, industry, yeah. Yeah. Um, either from playing. He affected me. He taught me how to play, and and but but more so, he taught me how to be a, a good human being, and and to, and to do what I try to do now, and and to, and what it is to be in this golf industry, how to work to be yeah. in this golf industry. Yeah. Um. So he he was a good one. He's gonna be very very missed. But yeah. uh, we're excited to do that for the juniors with them. We also have two drive, chip, and putts coming up in July. We're gonna be at the Legends Resort in Westcott. Oof. We got the blade, July the twentieth, twenty two. Jimmy Self, the end of the month, and of course the Gras, the state amateurs, the first of August. So, uh, we're excited, man. There's man, a lot of things happening right now.
1: I know. I'm surprised to see as many cars in the parking lot today.
0: Yeah, we're about we're going. I'm not. We're okay on the building. We're going to need a new parking lot. But but yeah, this, this is the first day this week anybody's been in here. In fact, I had to change the answer machine. It says due to tournament activity, there may be nobody here to answer your phone That's call. That's funny. Um,
1: I felt bad taking the spot this morning.
0: You did great, man. You put it right in. The spot. My old spot. Did my your old spot. spot. Did it feel good? Memories. It did feel good. <laughs> it did. Well, we uh, we're excited. A lot of good things happening. Uh, you know, my SCGA app still still doing well. We're making some. We got some yep. new updates coming to it here. Hopefully, in the next month and a half, you'll be able to print out your handicap card or, or show your handicap card on there. And wow. A lot of lot of updates. So we're we're excited where that's going. And um, of course. You know, with with off the hosel, and our next episode with Mister Chuck Green, I'm excited to hear no, that yeah. one too.
1: Chuck's a good one. Uh, He's a great one. Yeah. So uh, Biff didn't know this. I told him right before we started recording. He was struck by lightning when when he was a child, as uh, a youngster, on Lake City Golf Course.
0: Which which explains a lot now that you told me that.
1: <laughs> supposedly, it also melted the spikes in the shoes. Good you know, because you're wearing metal spikes.
0: I mean, lightning is no joke, man. I mean, Oh, it, I know. It, but gosh, to be able to get struck by lightning and, and yeah. love to tell a story.
1: But we did not ask him about it. I forgot, was not able to ask that day, but I did want to mention my man, Chuck Green.
0: Well, I did learn a lot about Chuck that day, and that, you know, it's one of the fun things too. about this process. These things, you, you know, we think of individuals like a Chuck Green, a grass grower, and, and, and what have you, but this man is multi-talented. He's got all kinds of skills.
1: I might just refer to him as DJ Chuck, or whatever his <laughs> DJ name. He had a yeah, DJ name.
0: He did name. have a
1: DJ name, so uh, that, was, that was neat. I think y'all enjoy it, and here is chuck green chuck green is in the house thank you chuck for joining us
2: hey thanks for having me i've been looking forward to it
1: so i haven't told either one of you this i did tell jeff Connell this we're looking at the beginning and end of my golf career at this table because the first person i ever went to apply a job i went to try and apply to work for chuck but Eric Smith in the golf shop needed me, I guess, more or grabbed my application first. At,
0: at Florence? At yep. Florence
1: Country Club, okay. yeah. And then the last person I worked for was with you.
0: Yeah, there we go. We're bookends, Chuck. Yep, yeah, my
2: alpha and my omega right here. <laughs> How much did your, uh, your golf career improve between the beginning and the end? I paid my dues and it worked out. <laughs> it did. It did. So uh,
1: Chuck Green is now at Kyoto Club. That's right. We're going to get to Quixote in a moment and, and everything that's going on there. I want to get your history. You're from Lake City, South Carolina. That's right. Born and, born and raised in Lake City, South Carolina. And something I just learned this week on the phone with Jeff was you're a radio guy.
2: Yes, yeah, kind of funny. Uh, that was actually my passion uh, growing up. Uh, you know, we were the largest tobacco market in South Carolina along with Mullins. And uh, my dad was old school, so I started working as soon as I could find somebody that would put me to work. So... Um, but he owned uh, a radio station called WJOT, okay. uh, which was founded in 1954 by a guy named Jay Olin Tice, which is where the letters came from. Okay, And eventually, uh, you know, Dad bought the radio station along with two other owners. And um, I got into radio. I was, uh, you know, started doing little dabbles. I love sports. I wanted to be a sportscaster more than anything in the world. Okay. And I did Little League games. I did high school football, baseball, basketball. I helped out with some Francis Marion stuff later on. But I actually had my own radio show uh, in the afternoons from like 1 to 5. So I spun vinyls, um, you know, earning my money through high school and college. What kind of music were you playing? Rock and roll? Oh, it was the greatest era of rock and roll ever, (laughs) ever, (laughs) ever. So... As a matter of fact, kids now, you'll you'll hear them playing music and it's, you know, something from the 70s, early 80s. Of course, the Beatles were the big, you know, the big back in the early 60s. But, oh, I loved it. But sports was my, I mean, it was my deal. I just... uh, Boy, I just wanted, I wanted to be a sportscaster so bad. Uh, my, my dad uh, actually was good friends with Bob Fulton, uh, oh, the wow. old voice of the Gamecocks. Man. And uh, he worked with him at WIS there in Columbia years ago. So I even came up and sat in the booth with Bob and watched him do a game. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I took a lot of the stuff from him. And, uh, gosh, I just uh, I loved doing high school football. That was probably the most fun. At the stadium? Yeah, I did Lake City High School football man. and did some of the baseball games. And, uh, you know, I did some basketball. I, I would do it all. I'd do any of it. I emceed beauty pageants. I mean, I was the emcee of the Lake City Tobacco Festival. <laughs> so um, anything I could do to get in front of a mic. I hear you, man.
1: I never knew that. Never yep. knew that. I've known yep. you for since 1995, basically.
0: Do you have a catchy little name for your radio show? Jamin with Chuck or something like that?
2: Do um, you remember? Actually, um, I was the Green Machine.
0: Hey, <laughs> I knew we'd get it out. I can see that. I can see that.
2: <laughs> and you have tapes of that, too, somewhere. I do. I do. I had them on some old cassettes and all, and uh, I had some reels. I actually had them converted over to some uh, some CDs that oh, I do that I have at my house. Can so. you email me a copy? Um, what am I wouldn't mind hearing that. <laughs> i got a few things. That would be great. I, I, I don't know if I can get it on email, but okay. I, I'll figure it out how to do I'll, it. I'll find somebody young that knows how to do that <laughs> and see if we can't do that. So how did you get into golf? You know, um, my dad, actually my granddad's farm, uh, it was an old horse track. Uh, they used to have Sunday races with horses out there. Just local pickup kind of. I mean, they would have... It wasn't like the Kentucky Derby, right. but they, they had a horse track, and okay. the people would come on Sunday afternoons. so my granddaddy's farm, eventually in the early 60s, a lot of the business people got together, so um we built lake city country club started it back probably 60 or 61. i was probably four or five years old really and we built the first house uh still there my mom still lives there she's 86 really right across from number one tee box so wow. the first nine holes at lake city country club is still on what is now my property along with my brother and sister and oh, okay. and a couple of first cousins from my dad's side of the family so yeah, lease that um, property yeah we you? lease it to the club and uh, we actually have some more holes we built the the next nine holes, uh, I think it was probably in the early '70s, and then there were a couple other property owners to make the Lake City Country Club work. But uh, yeah,
1: has Derry Ruthven been there the whole time? No, um, okay.
2: Derry's been there a long time. But yeah, yeah. I grew up, uh, I grew up right across in the first tee. You know, my saying to a lot of people, and I don't have children, but I, I really feel for parents nowadays. But when I was a kid, my mom didn't know what hole I was on, but she knew where I was. Right. And nowadays, you know, I don't think they have that uh, that security about where their kids are. So, yeah. I was fortunate. I mean, I played golf as uh, soon as I got home. I uh, did my homework, and I was on the golf course playing. And we just played the dark every dead gum day. You and Marion Fowler. I had, uh, you know, Lake City actually had some pretty good golfers. We had uh, Jody Boswell. We had Doctor Marion Fowler. We had Glenn Rufin, We had uh dean windham um there were quite a few pretty good golfers to come out of there but see i grew up under russell glover okay russell was my golf pro and randy his brother was a pro at the wellman club but not lake city he was at lake city russell was at lake city for years oh, okay. years and uh, everybody loves russell oh yeah and uh randy uh was his brother was at the wellman club which um was that fairly new at the time yeah, the Wellman Club um, was after Lake City. Yeah. But great golf course, and I hear Florence County's trying to buy it and work something out with mm-hmm. Tom Watson to maybe bring that club back. Yep, I always yeah. thought it was a really good golf course.
0: Then we had the amateur championship there one year. It's, been, may, it's been a while ago, did you?
2: I believe so. But, um, you know, you talk about my career. I, there, there came a point with radio where I realized two things. One, maybe... I'm not as good as I think I am. But you know, in, in radio you really have to be at the right place at the right time to move up and everything and it just the stars never aligned and um that was back when smaller radio stations were getting bought up by the bigger conglomerates. Yeah. Um so uh, I was talking about the Wellman Club. A good friend of mine, Gary Arthurs, was a superintendent and I was dating a girl from Johnsonville. Yeah. And um you know, he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, golly, you know, I love golf so much. And, you know, I was a I was a decent amateur. I was never pro material. I just I didn't want to be confined to a golf shop. And Gary graduated NC State, and he says, why don't you go back to turf school? So, um, you know, I did play four years at Francis Marion, and yeah. I got out and worked for my dad, and that was the radio bit, and it didn't didn't work out, and that's when Gary made that su- suggestion. So I went back to Horry Georgetown Tech. And I uh, got my two-year turf degree. Wow. I didn't realize so. you were a, a mole cricket. Were they mole crickets back then, though? We had mole crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's really funny. I, I loved baseball as a kid growing up. That was my other passion. And golf and baseball were in the same season, just in the spring. But I can remember playing Little League baseball at, uh, at the park in Lake City. And you know, I played first base, and I saw these little things just running around on the sand clay infield. We didn't have grass infield back then. We barely, barely had grass in the outfield. So. <laughs> but I, you know, they would come flying around, and you'd swat them away, and everything. And little did I know that later on in life, you know, those were mole crickets. The number one and, arch yeah, enemy. That, well, it's one of our number ones. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
0: I was wrong on the Welman, By the way, it was Wedgefield Plantation. Okay. So right.
2: I remember that because yep. uh, I did play in the uh, state am at Wedgefield.
0: That was a uh, David Dupree one that Year,
2: yeah, which is a good friend of yours. That's a good transition. You and Do were pretty good friends, weren't du and you? Do and I were very good friends. Uh, he and Chip Prezioso, um, you know, I don't want to jump ahead of the history, but yeah. you know, I started at Florence Country Club out of turf school, and Chip and David were the ones after 13 years that talked me into coming up to Columbia Country Club. Yeah, I so. uh, but I cut my teeth at Florence Country Club.
1: I want to ask you about something that I never understood the dog, Ginger yes so i would i'd work in the mornings and chuck would show up and would have this old dog this dog was old and would drop him off and make it walk
2: uh, ginger i'm sure loved to walk but i just but it wasn't even your dog well no it was my dog okay uh, you know and and it's a good thing that y'all can edit some things out of this conversation but there was a lady named lib aerosmith and she was married to a prominent attorney in Florence, Booby Aerosmith, who had a massive heart attack in court one day. Mm-hmm. And Miss Aerosmith, and I later, you know, she said, call me Lib, which I did. She had a golden retriever. She walked every morning, every morning on that golf course. Yep. And one day I noticed that she didn't have the dog. And, you know, we'd spoken, but we didn't really know each other. I was always cordial. Hey, Miss Aerosmith. Um, anyway, her dog, she had to put her down. And at the same time some other friends steve and karen west um their their golden had a litter and they gave me one which was ginger okay so over time you know i saw miss aerosmith walking and everything and um it, it was funny that some of the politics with dogs on golf courses sometimes you know, things happen. It was like, well, we're not going to allow anybody to walk dogs on a golf course, you know, until we get a grip on this. I guess it had gotten out of control. So what would happen is, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the superintendent, and I've got a dog, and a dog comes to work with me every day. Right. So I would bring the dog to work lib would actually walk the dog before anybody got there so nobody knew she was out there so you know if you it's like the tree falling in the forest you know does it make a sound if you're not there or not (laughs) so she'd walk the dog take the dog home i'd pick the dog after work take her home bring her back the next morning it was like a revolving door you had a daycare for the dog i basically did so anyway she became a very dear friend of mine that was an old brown beater truck you drove that they gave you back then yeah, that was a real honey. It sure was. <laughs> so that was uh, that was actually the one Mike Purvis had, and uh, I inherited that. Okay. So was he the super when you? Mike was there when I got out of turf school. Um, he actually called me. I interned at Florence uh, in '83, and uh, his assistant at the time. Um, I you know I, I didn't know this was going to happen, but anyway, back in the overseeding days. Um, his assistant decided his girlfriend was more popular than watering his overseed. Mike got all mad about it because it died. So he called me and he said, would you be interested in the assistant's job? And this was in October. And I'm like, I don't get out of school until April. He said, I can hold on until then. <laughs> so I basically, unlike a lot of people getting out of turf school now, I mean, I moved right into the role of an assistant. And, it, and as luck would have it, it didn't happen in radio. It happened in turf that Mike got offered the job to go build Watchesaw Plantation with Olin Mills and Wadsworth and and that group down there. So he left, and I took over as superintendent in 1985, and the wheels really started turning because we we had a golf pro, Scott Bailey, uh, and Scott really got into rebuilding Florence Country Club and talked the membership into it and so in a matter of two years you know we basically had it approved we had john lafoy as our architect and we were going to switch to bent grass. and the funniest thing was i traveled a lot to see other golf courses that had done the reconstruction i went to alabama up north carolina georgia and all and it was funny when we had the membership vote there was one member that, you know, we were wondering how many of the Florence Country Club members won't vote for it or against it or whatever. It was a big political thing. But yeah. the great thing that happened was the guy presiding from our board was Judge Weston Houck, who was a, yeah. uh, a federal judge. Yeah. So we had the right guy, you know, <laughs> running the program. Yeah and one of the members i'll never forget it because i was so excited and so enthusiastic my first big project and everything and we were switching to bent grass greens and we got ready and this member stands up and he's like y'all think i'm gonna vote against this but i'll vote for it on one condition and he pointed his finger at me and said, y'all have got to fire him and get somebody in here that knows what they're doing before I'm going to spend this kind of money. Oh, wow. And wow. I'm sitting there going, Here's some encouragement." Here's oh, my gosh, all this work I've done and everything. And fortunately, Judge Hout looked at him and said, uh, sir, if you're through with this witness, we'll proceed with this wow. operation. Wow. So anyway, Man. but, uh, yeah, we rebuilt it in uh, 87 and opened up in, in 88. But the funny thing was Scott Bailey, who really pushed things, You know Scott came to me one day and he's like I'm not going to see the end of this project and I didn't know what he was talking about so he ended up going to the CCNC and you know in the feeder program with Buck Adams you know who was a very prominent pro had turned out tons and tons of great professionals um you know Bob Boyd was one of Scott's Guys, and Bob became my golf pro at Florence Country Club. Yeah, I was going to get to Bob here in a second. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I led you right no, in no, there. No, no, you
1: did. Uh, I want to back up real quick to the Hawks. So, Judge Hawk, Weston Hawk, was the judge who ruled that a female, I believe, can go to the Citadel, if, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He made a very controversial ruling back in the mid 90s. But I was great. I was, Billy Hawk was, Dr. Hawk was That's a, right. a man of my, I mean, I used to take care of his greenhouse when he would go on vacation. Mm-hmm. But, Dr. Hawk, and Judge How didn't get along. Not right? a not a bit.
0: What was the relationship? Brothers. Yeah, brothers. Oh, okay. But so <laughs> Billy
1: Houck, Doctor Houck wanted to sell as a Callaway driver. I remember a great big Bertha, wanted three hundred bucks for it. But Judge Houck came in and he was interested. But I couldn't tell him whose driver it was, <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't have bought it. But so Bob Boyd, and I'm gonna go before you get into Bob. I'm gonna tell you my Bob Boyd story. Okay. Back when the Florence Country Club Pro Am. We, it was a big, big oh, pro am, biggest pro am in South Carolina. But the night before, the pros would have a little shoot-up. That's right. And it was, it was not straightforward. It was funky little shots. And mm-hmm. so, hole two, they teed him up on the fairway bunker on eight, and that was where you you teed it up from. And I watched Bob hole it out from the fairway bunker on eight for a one. You know, and he won. I think he won every year I was there, probably. But tell how, tell me some Bob Boyd stuff. How long
0: was that. he at Florums?
2: Oh geez, he had to be there six or seven years, okay. five or six, seven I, years. I
0: don't think I ever knew that.
2: Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I have so many Bob Boyd stories. Well, and, um, it, yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's, I was fortunate to really get to know him and not just from a business and a professional relationship, but a personal relationship. Yeah. I became very close with he and Pam and McLean. And, um, you know, I actually caddied for Bob in six PGA's and a U.S. Open and the Heritage and the GGO.
1: Okay, so I knew, I knew, I didn't know about the Heritage and GGO. I remember you caddied for him at a PGA. I want to say it was in New York when I I was. I did two PGAs at Wingfoot. Okay, I I was working there one time, and Jeff was your assistant, Jeff Mm Cannell. And Chuck got up there, and there was no tobacco, smokeless tobacco. There was no smokeless tobacco. Oh. So he found. Jeff had to FedEx next day air a log of tobacco <laughs> for the rest of the tournament. I'd have never,
2: I would have never made it through the tournament.
0: Necessities, man. Sometimes you got to have what you got to have.
2: I know, I know. But uh, all right, there's something else Jeff told me. You put the bag down and made Bob carry it one time, didn't you? I, I, th- well, I did. Yeah. Um, because I told him, you know, and. Uh, Dale Quinn, who was a good friend of ours from down in uh, New Orleans, he used to be at Metairie down in uh, New Orleans. And actually, we called him Cutter. Actually, Cutter did it one time. He, he got so mad at Bob for not listening, and he just dropped a bag on like the 14th hole and started walking off. And Bob's like, where are you going? He said, you can carry your own bag. Wow. He said, I'm done. You don't listen to anything I say. Right, right. So, yeah, I did. I mean, I threatened him, but I never did. I never abandoned him, okay? okay? <laughs> I, heard, I heard he might have had to carry it up 18 one time, maybe. At CCSC. Oh, you now you're not talking about it. I'm, I'm sorry. That might have been Nike Tour. That was Nike Tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah different. I would never do that in a major Okay. Game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drop him like a
0: three-foot putt in Nike Tour. So that is
2: true. He carried it on bag of 18 at CCSC? He carried it a little ways, okay. yes. So, anyway. <laughs> but, no, Um, you know, we had some great times. I do remember, you know, he was a pro when Hugo hit. And okay. he lived on the third hole over there did he? so yeah so when i finally made my way after hugo had hit and lord knows we must have lost i don't know three four or five hundred trees i don't know it was a mess it was a mess all over south carolina and so he makes his way over to my maintenance shop there's no power there's no nothing so he said chucky baby i need a golf cart i want to ride around and take a look at things <laughs> so he grabs one of my because he couldn't get in the cart yet because there right. were trees all over it so he takes mine he's gone for about 15 20 minutes and he comes back and goes doesn't look too bad, Chucky. I think we'd be open in a couple of days. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. So, anyway, but uh, no, I got no. He made me a better golfer. I mean, he was he was the most fierce competitor. But I'll tell you what uh, Nick Price told me. We were actually, uh, I got to know Nick, I got to you know Mark Calcavecchia. You know Ken Green and his crazy dressings and everything, and you know a lot of those. You know Fred Funk, the Funkmeister. We had some great times, but um, we were actually playing a practice round at Sahali. Um, I want to say I can't remember that year. Um, maybe maybe 2000. I don't know. Don't quote me on dates. I'm getting older, so. Understood. But Nick Price, you know, went through Q school with Bob in 1983, and Bob actually beat him in Q school. And he looked at me and said, Chucky, I'm going to tell you something. If Bob Boyd could putt, we'd all be playing for second. Really? He was probably one of the best strikers of the ball I've ever seen. Never, ever missed a fairway. I mean, just – Geez, it's just so seldom, you know. And Biff, you and your dad know. I mean, you know the what? history of Bob and the Carolinas and everything. Sure. And you know, there wasn't a lot of gray area with Bob. You either liked him or you hated him. So, um, <laughs> but like. I will tell you, I will tell you this quick little story. I actually had two good ones, and you know, one of my first. Times that I was really, really looking forward to to having a, an afternoon of golf with Bob Boyd was uh, Dr. Marion Fowler was going to come to Florence and we were going to play with Bob and Buddy Baker and you know the front side was a little busy so we started on ten. Buddy Baker, who's a former U.S. Junior Champion. That's correct. Yeah. Florence has had a lot of lot of wonderful golfers. I mean Billy Womack. I understand. Oh, I, Billy cool. um, was probably one of the finest amateurs. He and Dupree probably the finest. You know, Mike Holland was certainly right in there, and there have been some others, you know, since then, I'm sure. But anyway, Doc Fowler's all pumped up. He's never met Bob Boyd, so we're, you know, we're hitting some balls. We putt and everything. We tee off on the 10th hole, and, you know, I hit it on the green about 20 feet, and Doc hits it about 15 feet. Buddy Baker hits it about 8 feet, and Bob hits it about 6 feet. Well, I miss mine, and Doc Fowler makes his, and we're standing there, and I'm like, I really hope one of these guys makes this. He said, "Why we're playing them?" I said, "Well, if Buddy misses it, he's gone." He right. said, "What do you mean yeah. he's, he's gone?" I said, "He's going back to the golf shop. And I've he, seen he'll that. hit balls for the next six hours." I've seen that. myself. He's like you're kidding. I said, "No." Well, Buddy misses, and sure enough, walks to the cart, grabs his bag, and he's back down the fairway. <laughs> wow! Golf. He goes, "You were serious?" I said. Furthermore, what happened? if Bob doesn't make this putt? He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, he lifts it out. And lets out a couple of choice words, and hops in the cart, and he's gone. So, Doc Fowler and I are standing there on the 10th green, and I'm like, "Wow, Man, it's me and you. I'm sorry. He goes, God, I was looking forward to playing with him. And I said, well, you did. You just (laughs) didn't play very long.
1: (laughs) That is funny.
2: Anyway. Man, um, I've seen –
1: I played with Buddy Baker when Greg Jones was little, you Mm -hmm. know, towards the end of your time at Florence. We would play Sandy's, get up and down, you know, from a Mm -hmm. bunker, get a dollar, and and Buddy – He's like y'all reward yourself for bad shots, and I've seen him make a bogey on three, and that's it. You know? Oh yeah, he's gone. Yeah. So what's your other story?
2: Well, I, I you know I told this uh, Frank Ford actually somebody put the bug in his ear, but when they inducted him into the Hall of Fame, you know Frank was supposed to you when know say some words
1: when they put Bob in. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, and you know Bob was at Country Club Charleston. And I didn't know that. Mm hmm. Bob Boyd worked at the Country Club of Charleston? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, um, but anyway. I um, know he went up to Wilmington. That's where he finished. He it. did, but yeah. that was after he left Florence. Right, right. But, um, you know, I, I Frank called me. He said, look, you know, I'm supposed to do this, but, you know, I knew how close y'all were, and you might have some more insight into Bob than I do, and I'm probably going to be a little drier than you would. So... <laughs> Anyway, they I accepted, and I was glad to do it. But but I'm going to tell you, that, I mean, and, and I know people will probably say, you know, this is just a joke. You made it up or whatever. It's a true story. Okay. And I was caddying for Bob in the PGA, and the PGA was in August then. It, you know, they've changed it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're playing Shoal Creek, and Bob shoots 74-74 and makes the cut. I, Shoal Creek had four-and-a-half-inch Bermuda rough and it was the most unbelievable rough Uh, we actually played with jerry pate one day and he had to actually hit it backwards to get to the fairway because there was no route to the fairway but bob as a club pro made the cut and the third day that night that friday night i had this weird dream that bob and i got into a huge argument on the golf course On the 17th hole, which is a par 5 at Shoal Creek, par 5. And, you know, this is back with when we had woods and we didn't have metals and everything. So we're on the driving range, T, and I said, I said, Bob, I had the weirdest dream last night. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you and I just got into a big argument on the 17th hole. He said, over what? I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. You hit a perfect drive and you had like 235 and you wanted to lay up. And I'm like, no, we're going for it. I mean, it's perfect. It's a three wood. And we G'd and hawed and everything. And he's like, he's like, oh, you know, that's, you know, don't worry about it. So we proceed to play in the round. Now, you've got to realize, not a lot of club pros make the cut at the PGA. Right. I think they let 25 in at that time. It may be less now. I'm not sure. So, But he is playing really well. I mean, he is like top 10, he is like even par for the round and if you'll go back and look at the scores shoal creek was brutal that year brutal so we get to the 17th hole and he it's it just dead center he's even par for the day which is an ex- an incredible score i mean if you do the history on that tournament there were a lot i mean i think uh, greg norman shot 80 on that that wow. third day wow but anyway um <laughs> we can go, I can get up to the golf ball, you know. And this is before you know, you had to walk yardages off, we had no viewfinders, you yeah. you know. Old school, old school, you know. Um, we we walk, I, I walk it off, and he gets up there and he's, you know, what we got, Chucky, baby. I said, <laughs> <laughs> So we got uh, we got 235. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you exactly how he said what he said, but he, he said you're kidding me which were not his exact words Sure. right right he said well what do we do i said well there's not much of a choice (laughs) i said uh we can sit here and argue over your laying up or you're gonna hit three wood and we're gonna make birdie and get out of here he said i guess i gotta do it he said give me the three wood and he got ready and he did his little pre-shot routine and he's almost ready to hit and he backs off and he looks at me and he said chuck How'd that, uh, how'd that dream come out? <laughs> I said, Bobby, I'm sorry, but I woke up. <laughs> but true story, and he hit it right in the middle green, two putted for birdie, and and parred the last hole. We're tied for ninth going to the last day of the PGA, and all of these crazy country boys showed up at Shoal Creek the Sunday, and uh, he, ended, he ended up finishing tied for 19th, which – Incredible. It was probably. I mean, you know, for me it was cool because you know I got my percentage. Sure. So, you know, um,
0: what is what? What a crazy though. I mean, you, you end up with a two thirty five and.
2: I told him the story on the driving range. That's I mean, funny. I, it was it was weird, but it, the strangest thing is when I wa- I was walking down the fairway, I said, "For God's sake, do not be 235. <laughs> Did you want to say it's two thirty four? Fudge it a little bit. Well, I learned my lesson on telling a ro- wrong le- or a wrong yardage. In my first ever caddy, and back when they had the Heritage years ago, back in 72, 73, I caddied down there, and you would just go down and hope you got a bag or whatever. And I actually got a bag for Cesar Sanudo. Okay. Cesar Sanudo was in the Hispanic culture. You know, it's Lee Trevino, Rod Curl, Homero Blanca, Cesar Sanudo. He was from like El Cajon, California. And I learned, you know, on that Monday, we, were, we had no yardages. We had to walk everything. You uh. had to actually go walk the greens that morning to get the pin placements because there was no pin sheet. Oh, Man. wow. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we're, we're walking yardages. And I am so nervous because, I mean, I'm 16 years old. And uh, he said, what'd you get? I said, said i got i got 145 he goes well that's strange because i got 144 and i'm like these guys are good (laughs) good yeah (laughs) yeah
0: i'm i'm in the general area i need a five to ten yard discrepancy there yeah
2: so
1: bob leaves eric smith comes in that's correct you and you and eric good buddies uh i would have was way i seen that's who hired me was eric smith smitty He, he did yeah um and then you left and went to Columbia Country Club.
2: I did. 1997, uh, I went to Columbia.
1: Traded in bent grass for 27
2: holes. I did. I How did. was that? You know, um, I went with the intention that they were going to rebuild Columbia Country Club. That's yeah. what, I mean, at least redo the greens and everything. Columbia probably, and still to this day, probably has some of the best fairways. It's the old 419. You have a hard time finding that now, the old Bermuda 419. Yeah. Um but somewhere in the middle of that, I actually happened to hear about this club, you know, that was coming up, Sage Valley. And I interviewed and uh, I got there. But had two and a half great years at Columbia. We, we you know, made the golf course better. We held some events there. And, you know, Chip and Dupree and, you know, Chip's Chip. But, I mean, David and I got to be very close. I yeah, mean, he lived over on... Twenty four on the alternate 25. side. Twenty five. Yeah. on the alternate side, and Barry and.
1: It's not called alternate anymore. Lake side. Lake side. I apologize. When, it, when they redid the golf course, that was a. Is no longer
2: the alternate. Okay. Yeah, I got you. But uh, you know, <laughs> but he got the, to know Jonathan real well, and just was very close with the family, and, gosh, David Dupree. Oh, he's uh, a what beautiful. a ball strike. I've said
1: it. I've said it before. That's the one man who's not in my family. I miss the most. Yeah, that you
2: know? was. Uh, I was a pallbearer at David's funeral, and. That was very, very sad. That was just, you know, what a wonderful guy. And, I mean, had the greatest, dry sense of humor. You never, you know, you would want to laugh so bad at something, but you couldn't tell if David was serious or if he was being funny. And then if you didn't laugh, he's like, well, you didn't think that was funny (laughs) or something?
0: I thought the greatest thing, we had Prezioso on this thing not long ago, and he told us about do... Pulling the the he check your bag or, yeah. or he, he's always the one that hit the lever on the bag so your bag would fall off your golf cart oh, yeah well, he he bagged, he bagged me it. numerous yeah, bagged times it, that's it oh, yeah.
1: then he'd tell you to check the strap something <laughs> might be wrong yeah <laughs> so uh so but they did end up doing that project just they did a couple years later with they your did. buddy Jeff Canell they sure did so he did a great job he did do a good job
2: so but Went. you know it, it was funny um the Sage Valley I actually interviewed on a Friday. And the gentleman that hired me, uh, who was a very good golfer, um, Bill Townsend, and he played a lot of CGA, CGA SCGA events from uh, Palmetto Club. He made two phone calls after the interview. He called John LaFoy, and he called Hat Lathrop. Oh, yeah. And I'm sitting there with a girl that I'm dating watching the Titanic movie on a Saturday afternoon. It's (laughs) 1 o'clock, and as soon as the boat went up straight up and broke in half my phone rings and it's Mr. Townsend and he calls me and he says "All right, I've called all the people I need to call job's yours if you want it wow and I was like oh my gosh and so
1: did you build it and grow it in I
2: did yeah there was nothing but trees there when I got there man and I I did ask him I said well Mr. Townsend he said I talked to two people John (laughs) LaFoy gave me the big thumbs up and Hap Lathrop who said you're stealing our superintendent (laughs) (laughs) So, That's true, though. But I, yeah, true. I went there in 2000 and uh, awesome. had a great career there. I love that place. It's a wonderful place. Um, I didn't realize you built it. I really didn't. I've, well, I mean, I didn't physically, well, but I, you know, you were there for the grow-in. And, yes, yeah. I mean, same we, thing you doing. We now. hadn't taken any trees out. Um, you know, we didn't. It was just a tr- track of timber. Right. So. And a vision of Weldon. Vision of Weldon Wyatt. Yeah. Um, you know, I've just we had a a really good relationship now he rode me hard because he taught me one thing um that, that it has really helped me through my career um he's a very very spot-on person when it comes to detail you know having your eyes and being detail oriented yep. he he saw things that i didn't see at that point in my career And he looked at me one day and he said, Chuck, if you can learn to see things through my eyes, we'll be successful. And if you can, in turn, get your employees to see things through your eyes, now that was a different story, but yeah. I do things even to this day. I see things and I stop and I do things that the normal person would never even see. They'll ride right by it. Right. So um, he's a, you
0: know, that, that name, uh, Tom White, his son, is mm-hmm. he, a little bit younger than me, but we, we play some junior golf and Jackie Sewell's down there. Right. and used to take us all right. over the place. And I got a quick story on Tom and, and Mr. White, but. We were in Myrtle Beach for a tournament, and we were staying at whatever hotels, and we got to goofing around one night. And Tom always stayed in, in, in the bus or whatever, he, the RV right. they used to drive around in. For whatever reason, he was in our room that night. And we were messing around, got to wrestling. I picked Tom up and slammed him on the bed or something. I broke his arm. <laughs> I had to call my dad that night and say, Dad, I, I've i broken Tom Wyatt's arm. He goes, you couldn't pick anybody else's arm to break other than Tom Wyatt with welding his daddy and everything else. I never, <laughs> oh, yeah. never heard the end of that.
1: <laughs> now, tell me if this is true or not. Something I'd heard. Back when you were at Sage Valley, you had two radios. One that, you know, every superintendent carries to keep in touch with his maintenance crew, and then Mr. White had his own direct line to you. Oh, he had the pipeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of before the cell phone, before everybody went cell phone, so.
2: Yeah, as a matter of fact, when I was building Sage Valley, um, that's, I had to have a, We had no cell service out there, so I had to have a truck phone and then a flip phone. There was no service, but no, we didn't have phones back then. He had radios, and uh, my nickname became... Come in, Chuck. <laughs> Come in, Chuck. And And the problem was, you know, the golf pro had one, the director of golf had one, the general manager had one, and I had one, and Mr. White had one. So it's not like we were having a private conversation. Right. I know they were just sitting up in the office just laughing Laughin. their butts Every off. Every time it came across. It's like, poor Chuck, you know, there's a pine cone down on number 16. Could you get over here?
0: But so. when Mr. White spoke. Oh, yeah.
2: He, did, oh, you, she he jumped. Went. Well, it's like she tournament went. administration. Somebody says,
1: Biff, you mind going to challenge two? have a proper everybody in their mama yeah. switch to channel 2 right. switching over. sometimes you forget to switch back to channel 1 yeah. and somebody's calling and that's you. when you get busted that's yeah. when we well, <laughs>
2: actually uh, Mark Swigert who was my my superintendent over there Mark's now over at Palmetto probably yeah. you know I've had some really really good ones in my career um, you know Swigert Connell uh, Mark Swigert Jeff Connell uh, Brandon Engel I had Bo Cooper in Florence oh, yeah. and John Roberts who's at Atlanta uh, Country Club um, but you know, Mark and I didn't tell anybody. I actually got the guy from Augusta Communications to give us a private channel on just our two radios. Did you really? Right. And I'm a game cart and, uh, Gamecock, and Swagger's a Tiger. He played for Clemson. Great guy. I mean, sure. he's wonderful guy, great golfer. Um, but we had a private channel. Well, the, the logo or the go-to was Go Tigers. Which you know, why couldn't we do go Gamecocks? Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but I always knew you know Mark would come on and go come in. Hey Chuck, go Tigers. And so we'd switch over. We had our own private channel. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But that's when we really needed to get down and dirty, and nobody needed to hear what we're talking about. I so yeah. I like that. We at one point I think Joe Quick and I adopted Earnhardt.
1: That means Channel Three. Yeah, you go to right time. Utah, Utah, yeah. Utah. Give me two. Yep, yeah, Utah. You say that because nobody else would know. But uh, so from Sage Valley, how many
2: years there? Nineteen. Nineteen. Gosh years. Dog. Nineteen yep. years. Hosted that Sage Valley Junior. That was a big deal too. Well I tell you what, it uh it was something, you know, it's uh you know, it it, it didn't happen this year because of COVID and everything. Right. Uh, actually two years I think it right. didn't happen. But uh boy, you know, there are so many kids right now on the tour that played in that junior invitational. Yeah. Um, that are really, you know, Scotty Scheffler, I think. Um, there were I mean jacqueline newman i mean these kids that came through there and i'm telling you and i know y'all do the juniors and all of that but watching these international guys and everything boy it was incredible.
0: it's it's i mean it still is and and now they i think they've added girls to the field so, that, so uh-huh. it's a smaller field for the boys and the girls right. but the girls are in there now but at the sage valley yeah wow. yeah in fact uh you know jonathan grizz just won our amateur championship at columbia country club mm-hmm. last august as a 16 year old youngest ever right uh I, he he contacted me to put it in a good word for him to get him into the junior invitational down
2: there. <laughs> I said, my gosh, that's something but that else. But used to be sir. the
1: only person who got in with junior champions. Champion. That's, that's right. right. That's Jordan right.
2: junior champion, South yep. Carolina junior right. champion, So, uh, And they went on like, there. I think there's a world – merit or order of merit or whatever so but you know the 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 crazy thing about it um when we have it a lot of these foreign guys you know it's their off season weather wise you know so so a lot of the really good guys aren't in shape yeah exactly but uh, i'll never forget mr wyatt um either our first or second year a kid came over i don't remember his name the first day and, and this is when it was like a friday saturday sunday event and we sent we changed i keep saying we because i still feel like i'm part of sage valley (laughs) so 19 years you yeah Yeah. but um anyway this kid shoots and it's firm and it's fast and the greens are 12 and this kid shoots 62 Mm. so mr wyatt comes up to me and he goes well they (laughs) tore your golf course up today (laughs) so i guess because he shot really good it was my golf course. Yeah, sure, right. Sure. But, you know, it was funny on Sunday, we had like three inches of rain on Sunday morning and had a delay, and we ended up having a double T, wet, lift clean in place, and all of this, ball wide and bouncing, obviously. And another kid shoots 62. And, you know, just the difference in the playing conditions. But I told Mr. Wyatt, I said, you know, I can fix these low scores. It's not a problem, it's called rough. Yes. so as yeah. years went by you know I'd, I'd let my rough grow after the masters and the scores came uh. down considerably but you know you look at the whole field of 50 or 52 players and you really only had six or seven guys under par right I mean you know you did have a 62 but you got a guy that shot 88 yeah. so yeah. Yeah. you know
0: the outlier that you know that rough you know we did our, our amateur in 17 I think it was at uh Florence. And everybody looks at that scorecard, especially these kids now, as far as they hit it, you know, and they just thought they were going to destroy it. But we grew that rough up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was knuckle deep, and it was chip-out rough, and it it made all the difference in the world.
2: Well, you know, when I was at Florence, we hosted the South Carolina Open and the South Carolina Amateur. And Bob was there, and we actually went out and measured our fairways off, and we had them an average of 24 to 27 yards wide, and we grew the rough up like three and a half inches. Yep. And I think, the, I think the amateur one under won that tournament and even par won the South Carolina Open. We had Man. those like in concurrent years. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, when we started cutting the rough back down, we couldn't even allow the members out there because we were hitting so many balls with the rotary mowers and slinging them out like, wow. like <laughs> bullets coming out of a gun. So, I want, Real quick, the
1: one thing I remember about that first year at the Sage Valley Junior uh, the Invitational, the parents got a gift. Like you know, you get a T gift. You get lucky. You get a pair of shoes, maybe a dozen balls or something. All the parents got a Kindle that first year. Now, for real, who wouldn't want to go to that tournament?
2: If, I mean, well, and,
0: you the, the, and the and the guests they had that came in. Tiger Woods was there yeah. one year. I oh, think we had, and,
2: we had Tiger. We had Rory. Uh, we had uh, President Bush. Uh, we had Jay and Bill Haas. Lucas, right? Uh, there. We had Lucas come in. Um, I'm trying to remember who else, but you know. Being on the inside looking out, it was all these double-secret probation on, you know, protecting the celebrities and all. Right. But Tiger actually came in, uh, you know, when, when he was coming off of injury. Uh, right. Had, it was kind of yeah. a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. In the golf world. In the golf world in general. Right. And these kids, you know, I mean, we had Brooks Koepka come in. He was actually injured, and, you know, he did uh, the putting and everything. But I'm going to tell you, you know, all of these guys – to give their time, and I know they're required by their sponsors to give so much or whatever, but I'll tell you a quick story about Tiger Woods. And and, and they were all, you know, they they messed around with the kids. They hit shots. They hung out with them. I'm going to tell you what Tiger Woods did. True story. Now, these guys, they've got their own jets and all. And they can come in, and they can do the dog and pony show and all of this stuff, and they can hop on a jet and be home by 10:30, 11 o'clock that night. When Tiger came, I was... This changed my opinion of Tiger. I, I was not a big Tiger fan early in his career. Um, but, you know, it's sorta of like I wasn't a Nicholas fan, I was a Palmer fan. Right. But man, I was pulling for him so hard in eighty six to win that Masters. <laughs> I mean, it just still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. But Tiger did that whole deal, he hit stingers, he you know, he was so friendly, he chatted and everything. He went back to the cottage and they did some ping pong and all this stuff and everything and I you know being on the inside i had to know this because i'm trying to keep my maintenance people away from areas and all of that that tiger stayed that night oh wow he stayed that night he spent the night and he got up the next morning and then like i said he could have left you know his deal was done he stood on that first tee box and he welcomed every group that's Stayed there, really? every group. Shook everybody's hands, took a photo with everybody. That's the first um, time I've he heard that. He signed some autographs. You know, he, he had his own little tent and everything. Sure. But he stood with every group when they hit off for that. And he didn't leave until uh, he grabbed some lunch after that. And he didn't have to do that. Good that's, for him. That's, that's
1: awesome to hear. So. That is cool. I've never heard that story. I, I remember when that happened because he was not on the golf scene. and next thing you know, he's hitting the stingers. But it was at Sage Valley. It was on the, you know social media what have you right internet um so how we get where we are today from sage valley
2: well you know um
1: the revitalization
2: yeah uh greg thompson and his brother lewis had this vision sort of like mr white had a vision um if you're familiar with sumter um you know when i was growing up i didn't spend a lot of time in Sumter. i played at sunset maybe once or twice or whatever but But Greg came up to me out of the blue one day and said, hey, you know, I want to talk to you. And, I, you know, he told me, I'm thinking about buying Sunset. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. (laughs) Right. I'm like, you know, this is, I mean. Sunset
0: was struggling at the time. They were struggling bad. They were broke. I mean, they,
2: they had no money. So. Anyway, I'm like, I, I really didn't take him seriously, but he said, When are you coming on to see your mom again? I said, Well, I'm coming on before Thanksgiving. He said, Well, stop in. We'll play. So we go out there and play. And I mean, it is awful. I mean, it's, there were still some stumps left from Hugo that were still down. Oh, really? Wow. I mean, they just didn't have any money. Right. So um, he said, Lewis and I are thinking about buying this. And, you know, the only way we're going to do it is if you come do it for us. Okay. And I had no intentions of leaving Sage Valley. I loved it. You know, it was just, that was my place. That was my baby. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I was getting older. I was 61. Not that that's old, but, you know, things in life that didn't matter a lot. Maybe 10 years ago starting to matter. Mom was 84. You know, my dad passed away about, you know, 12 years ago. So she's from Lake City. So the wheel started turning you know i'd gone through a pretty nasty divorce not nasty but it was just divorce it was divorce and then you know my border collie chloe who god knows i love that dog more than anything i had to put her down saddest day of my life i mean i cried more that day than i cried when my dad died because my dad had cancer and when he died it was like a relief for the family sure but you know it's just like I mean life really sucks right now. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I mean and and when Greg explained the vision of the downtown revitalization, starting a charter school because, you know, the school systems weren't doing a good job of educating and you know, I'm I'm not I didn't know what was going on. And he started explaining to me what he wanted to do. His restaurants downtown, um, you know, his business ventures and everything. And then he comes up with, well, if you don't do this, don't let it bother you that you're letting the whole community down. Oh, "Oh, wow.
0: Thanks. (laughs) What a sales pitch that was. (laughs) Yeah,
2: so I went down, and I played, and, you know, I still had no interest. And I I stopped by again and saw him before Christmas, and he's like, we're going to do this. We're going to pull the trigger on it, but I need you you know, and at that time, like I said, mom getting older, she was 84, 85, 86, you know, and I'm like, you know, this is a chance for me to maybe get something back on track in my life, not, and I wasn't desolate by any means, but sage valley is very demanding we oversee it every year it's bent grass greens i did bent grass greens for 35 years no vacations in the summertime i mean it's yeah. just you for,
0: for those of you who don't know bent grass greens especially in south carolina and we're not seeing as many of them as we used to but it, it's 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 so much more work i mean in the time and effort that it takes you takes your superintendents towards it it's just incredible especially yeah. in the summertime
2: yeah well my my saying to any superintendent they know it if you don't want bent grass in South Carolina, and you don't want to work at it, believe me, you won't have it. That's exactly so, right. Um, and you've seen all the new <laughs> ultra-dwarfs come out and everything. Yeah. So. What do you, you
1: feel pretty good about those? I mean, that's oh, what yeah, you sure. have now, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, I did Tiff Eagle. Okay. I had Tiff Eagle you know, tees at Sage Valley, so I'm familiar with the grass and all. And, you know, it's every superintendent's decision. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion of things, and I just thought that's what would fit us best down there. So
1: what Well, what, what was the second thing in the running? If you weren't gonna to go to Tiff Eagle, what else were you thinking about?
2: Well, this is kinda of crazy, but you know, if my membership at Coyote hadn't have been such a membership that loved to play when it was hot, you know, and the greens had have been a little bigger, I would have considered bent grass because Really Well, I just I've done it for You've so done long, it. You, know I, it. you know, I know it and I you know you would've got a lot of fans out there, there, right? Yeah, we'd had some fans. Yeah, so. you got to have. fans. But no, look, I'm I'm happy with where I am with what I'm doing. I mean, it's exciting. Um, we've got the golf course open three days a week. It was a big decision for me, and I, I, you know, I actually talked to Tom before I talked to Weldon. You know, to he was more approachable than Weldon was. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so the scope of that project, kind of walk us through that real quick of turning Sunset into Kyoto.
2: Well, it, it's it been an adventure. I mean, the weather, you know, we closed down, like, last January the 2nd. We started on January 5th, um, and we totally, you know, I totally killed all the fairways. We rebuilt all greens, all tees, all new irrigation, a brand-new maintenance building, um, you know, uh, the clubhouse. Um, we actually took and kept the core of the clubhouse. We got rid of the, what was the 19th hole and the little uh cart shed all that's gone the pool's gone the tennis courts are gone um it's just it's a golf golf. club and we're going to build cottages um we hope to open the golf course fully as soon as the clubhouse is done which hopefully should be around mid-july
1: well the pictures i've seen everything looks good it's incredible
0: i i i I knew sunset i've been around sunset when john winterhalter was out there right And, and so and like I think you told me, the front nine is kind of semblance of of what it was. There's
2: there's you a lot less trees. It you was could- a, that was a good side, Biff. That was 1922. Yeah. That's the original nine holes. There you go. Now the back uh we totally rerouted. You
0: wouldn't it. know where you are. And on we the back took route. so many
2: trees out. It's unbelievable. You probably could stand on any green when I got there, and you might could see two flagsticks. I mean, you can stand on the third green now, the eleventh green, and you can look out and see sixteen flagsticks.
0: I stood on that eleventh green. You told me that, and I did a panorama picture. I mean, you could see everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's
2: incredible. I,
1: I just, I think it's uh, needs to be said that at the date of this recording, you're going to play tomorrow.
0: I am going to. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to play tomorrow. I'll be there. <clears throat> I'm still waiting on my invitation there, Chuck. <laughs> you can come
2: tomorrow if you want. to. <laughs> But, you know, Greg and Lewis have put a lot of money into this. Um, you know, we have barely touched the surface on recruiting members, and we've probably added 40 to 50 members. Um, we've got, you know, some some of our older members, not, not older being of age, but
0: Been our there. original members yep. that
2: stuck with us. And, you know, we gave them a two-year guarantee on their dues and everything. They're ecstatic. I wow. mean, super. Um, I would be too, yeah. Actually, you know, I was a little bit worried – because with all the rain and everything we got and believe me i mean between gosh i can remember i saw your
0: y'all have a great job uh, on social media putting all that out there we uh
2: i mean just like my last screen i sprigged on labor day and that thursday i got nine inches of rain in like six hours and gone how is it doing
0: i
1: was wondering about that. it's
2: it's it's gonna make it um i have had it tarped all year long and uh you know, we're not there yet. I had two or three greens. We just were so late planting grass. I just, I ran out of climate and yeah. temperature. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'd be fine. The members are... are, are
0: Your driving range projects is a big one.
2: Lord it? have mercy. We turned a <laughs> swamp into, I mean, a fabulous driving range. That's incredible. And that will actually open, um, I can say, the date on the 28th, which is next Friday, which means you know that I'm talking to you on the... There you yeah. go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever day today is. So... But um, I, I, you know, it, it's a great piece of property. It doesn't have a lot of elevation, but you know, I'm a true fan of Scotland and Ireland. I love it. It's a passion of mine. I've been five or six times. I love because I grew up watching the ball bounce and roll. And, you know, if you're young now and you want to really know how golf was back then, go watch some of Shell's Wonderful World of yes, Golf. Yeah. those are great. Oh, God, there's some great classic <laughs> matches and all. But we wanted firm and fast. We wanted the ball to bounce. Um, and that's what we brought back. We're going to have no rough. It's all going to be one cut. Um, you know, so it'll bring back being able to use a variety of golf clubs, Um you know that we used when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, at Lake City it was fast and firm because we had no irrigation. That's what it was. It rained, right. so yeah. I mean it was. And you're the general manager, correct? I I am the director of operations. Oh, okay. I never wanted to be a general manager ever. I hear you. So hear you. so you worked that out? Yeah, but I'll tell you what, I'm a fairways and okay. I I do it all. And I, my passion, I love to get on a moor and go. I'm sort of like Tom Mason, even though he's the. Whatever, he's the general manager. Jill and I were talking about that a little while ago. Yeah. It's like, man, he loves to get on a mower. I love to get on a mower. But and you look, also
1: got Eric Peterson on a mower.
2: I, I, on yeah, a mower? I did. Eric Peterson? Not long,
0: yeah. I was about to say, holy <laughs> smokes. Well, that
2: was, that, that's another little quick story. My first golf pro at Sage Valley was Eric Peterson. And Eric came from Augusta National, and he was at Medina prior than that. Um, and Eric went to Chanticleer. That's where I knew And that. when he heard... And I know a lot of people in my industry, when they heard Chuck Green was leaving Sage Valley, they either thought I was probably terminally ill or <laughs> something was going on. And then they heard I was leaving for sunset, and then it was like, well, something is Something's crazy wrong with this idea. Yeah. And then they found out what we were going to do and everything. Poor old Eric, my phone started lightening up. it's sort of like when I was at Sage Valley, like I wanted to come, I wanted to come. I'm like, I don't need a golf pro right now. (laughs) So anyway, but it, it, you know, Eric, actually he and his wife, Julie, he drove down here. He's like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm coming to look at it. Wow. And I want to talk to you about it. So he just showed up at my doorstep uh, because I was living in an apartment about uh, 30 yards from the golf course. Since, you know, I sold my house and was trying to get in another house and everything, but. Eric badgered me. He called everybody he knew in the business. He had people emailing Greg, calling Greg, and Greg finally called me one day. He said, for God's sake, call your boy and tell him to call the dogs off. The job's his. I so, always wondered how that happened. There you had it. That's funny. That's so. a good one. Do
1: you ever, do you live in something now? I do. Okay, what about you want to go to Speedway one night, something Speedway?
2: It's right down the street from my house. Let's, can I, I can call hear you, them. You just put the, matter of fact, I don't even have to put the windows on. I can still hear them.
1: <laughs> Will you go with me if I come to town i sure will cool
2: we go we go it's a great little fun now you talking about old dirt racing and yeah. fun old times school? man yes
1: sir i used to go about once every other year we try and get a trip down there
2: oh man it's fantastic that so. first
1: year though, the cars came by and that all that dirt comes by we're ready <laughs> for the dirt sure <laughs> you, you sit to high yeah, or get back that's right or look that's look like the you, first right.
2: time i went to the dirt race <laughs> over in charlotte <laughs> across from the speedway and i was like you know great seats and all of that and I'm like we're going higher because I'll never forget my first NASCAR race my old girlfriend years and years ago her dad tells me he said we're going to the southern 500 I'm like this is great I've never been before you know so we get there and we walk down there we're right on start finish line we're on row two I'm like this is phenomenal how'd you get oh. these tickets how dirty were you <laughs> I'm like after about 10 laps, I mean, I fortunately had sunglasses on, but I mean, I had rubber all oh, yeah. over me. It would hit you in the face. Yeah. You know, the best thing is when a caution was out and they were stacked up, because then they'd all go by at one time and you get a break. But once they spread out, it's like just peppering you with rubber. Oh, <laughs> well, well, bam, bam, bam. Uh,
1: that so, is fun. I remember, yeah, I do remember you going to Southern 500 and Jeff and... And I still get my tickets oh, through yeah. Jeff.
2: Yeah, we still we still have uh, season tickets over yeah. there. Yeah, it's funny about Canell though. I you know I haven't said anything, but Jeff and I we became you know not only work cohorts and all because I hired him from Lexington, Kentucky, but very 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 good friends over the years. But it was funny when I hired him at Florence, and you know the brown pickup truck I was oh, yeah. driving. Okay, yeah. so that's that's my truck. So I hired Jeff, and you know he goes back, and you know he's got his girlfriend coming down with him, and she's not coming right away, but he gets a buddy of his. So he he pulls into Florence Country Club, and he is driving a Z71 red pickup truck, and he's pulling an Alfa Romero behind it and a boat behind his buddy's pickup truck. It must be, I don't know, 18, 20 feet long, and I'm sitting there going, this boy doesn't need a job. I'm like, God knows he's got all the toys. I'm the superintendent, he's got all the toys. It's <laughs> Chuck better than yours. So he's I live, still got
1: all the
0: toys. He's the still has, yeah. He has
2: more toys now than and he yeah. knows what the to do. The man
0: who dies with the most toys wins, and yeah. Jeff has got a head he's start. He's got
2: plenty of toys. He's got a wonderful wife, Michelle. They're very dear friends. But I'll never forget, I had to call the church. I live right next door to Calvary Baptist Church well. when wow. I was in church. Florence. Yeah. My address, by the way, was 911 Cherokee. Oh, wow. And Love it. That was a great house. And it was a lot of fun there, but I had asked the church if he could park his boat in their parking lot because he couldn't get into my driveway with it. But the church always had a, a sign on their placard. Yeah. and Every week they change it, and it was something that you know put you know godlike thoughts in your head. You know, leading up to the sermon on Sunday. And when we drove in, it was right there in front of Jeff. If you think you've arrived, think again. Oh, wow! <laughs> and Jeff's like, Should I turn around and go home? <laughs>
1: I gotta share in Chuck Green's story as we wrap this up. So the first time I wore spikes was with you. Uh golf spikes. It was a maintenance play day. You just kinda had your guy I remember you mm-hmm. put a keg of beer in the back of a workman and mm-hmm. just rode around and we were on eleven green and I drugged my feet. Ooh. Yeah. And I mean it was These are metal t- spikes now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Back and in the day. But Chuck I mean Chuck probably should have yelled at me but he played it real quick, He's like, hey, don't drag your feet, all right. You see what you did there and, and just that was it, so Thank you, man. Thank you for not <laughs> Yeah, thank you for not ending my career before it began.
2: <laughs> well, you know. Um
1: And I got have I ever have I ever told the confession to you about eleven and seventeen, did Jeff tell you?
2: Uh not to my knowledge. Okay,
1: this is coming out on air. Not, this is a big deal. Uh so you it was a Monday, you were air fine, you let me help. And I I'm, main thing I did was shovel plugs right. most of the day. Right well towards the end i was doing some seeding you were you were putting some seed we down. were
2: interseeding the bent grass
1: and so there's 11 and 17 okay and i i did 17 or i did 11 and i ran out of seed on this one so i went and got more seed and dumped it and jeff i remember jeff because you didn't mix those together did you i said yeah he goes Sh- don't tell chuck because <laughs> one was Pincross cross and one was a one and you were testing them but i had Completely right.
2: screwed up the you, test you, plot. Yeah, you, you, you did. It was that was before A one was actually on the market, and they right. they had me testing it. And yeah, and I screwed that up. So, so good job. I apologize. Anyway, it's twenty.
1: Okay. That would have been nineteen ninety five or ninety six. So we're yeah. twenty five years later.
2: Well, that one as bad as the guy that actually opened a bag of ryegrass seed and it fell over in the back of his cart, and he didn't know it, and he drove through the whole golf course. Oh and no! Of course, about ten days later, there was this huge green streak i mean all through the golf course where the ryegrass had germinated oh my god well, i remember jeff told me a story there was
1: some type of chemical he was spraying and he said that your your uh the way you had your tank, tank calibrated it would only do 14 holes and so jeff had done the first 14 or he got through 13 and a half and on 14 green he forgot he went back to fill up and went straight to 15 forgot to do the other half of 14 and chuck called him out and said jeff it was a week later after the chemical had kicked in it's like what do you think's going on here because this <laughs> side's perfect it's a straight line and then i think sp- that was you were testing the chemical then and i realized that it worked a certain a certain thing mm-hmm. so things like that happen yeah. huh
2: he, he tried to tell me that was his test plot yeah. <laughs> his own test so <laughs> well, usually we put down a little square about <laughs> <laughs> one foot by one foot and that's your test plot so Man. anyway
1: well, Chuck, thank you so thank much. Thank you so man. much, man.
2: Well, I do. You know, you did tell me I'm uh, a hap story. A hap. Story. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. And I, you know, I've known your dad all my life. Sure. Um, you know, I was not the stellar player, you know, but I did. I, I did actually. It was a medalist qualifying for the amateur down at Patriots Point. One there year. you go. But anyway, I will tell you one of my fondest stories about your dad. And this is back, your dad was the first person that reminded me of P.J. Boatwright, who was an official with the USGA with the radio. And I always remember him on TV growing up. Uh, You know, he'd take that radio and point. You know, it's (laughs) like, you know, where did I drop my ball? And he couldn't bend down and show you he would point with that antenna. And I was playing in the South Carolina Amateur one year, and I apologize, I can't remember where. And this is par 5, and I hit the worst duck hook drive I've ever seen. And it had a bunch of rain prior to that. And I'm in this, I mean, it's obvious. It's just this big trench of a washout from the rain and everything. So I call your dad over and I said, I said, hey, you know, I think I need relief from this washout from the storm. And he looked at it and pointed to it with his radio and his antenna. And he's like, he said, yeah. So I'm thinking I'm getting relief. He said, yeah, you know, you probably should get relief from there, Chuck. The problem is you are so far from where you need to be I cannot give you relief. Oh wow! you did no wow. drop play. I mean, I was I was fifty yards from where I needed to be off the tee. I mean, it's like he was like, "How did you even get here?" He's making it a judgment, a, and he's making a judgment call. And he told me, he, <laughs> he said, "I can't. You're so far from where you need to be off the tee. I cannot this is give so you relief. So bad, I can't even help." So you. <laughs> I had to take a one shot penalty, <laughs> yeah. unplayable lie.
0: That's my old man. He was
2: he was hard. great guy though. He's great guy. guy. Thank you very yep. much. Thank you.
1: Well, good luck down there at Kiowa Day. Well, thank
2: you, and, uh, you know, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. It was. uh, You know, it's it's an exciting time. Um, It's really gotten my juices going again. I love all my people at Sage Valley, and I miss them, but, you know, this is kind of special. Uh, Since I don't have kids or a wife, you know, doing something community-wise sort of puts a good feeling in your heart. And uh, I do have a new Border Collie, and she's wonderful. There you go. What's her name? Her name is Bailey. All right.
0: Yeah. Well, we're, we're excited for you. Uh, I thank you for your friendship to us, the South Carolina Golf Association, for, for all the years of support. And uh, we're looking forward to working with you. I'm looking forward to playing your golf course tomorrow. We're going to have
2: some tournaments down there.
0: I can't wait. Yep. Looking forward Sounds to it. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, sir. y'all.